settings just in time for summer with all-natural Bossa Bars Menopause Energy Bars. They're delicious keto and intermittent fasting-friendly bars created to help women manage weight loss and energy during the challenging stages of the pause. Try them at bossabars.com. That's B-O-S-S-A bars.com and save 10% with code HOTCOOL10. Welcome to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics podcast, the voice for women in midlife and beyond. At Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, we talk about anything and everything to do with midlife. My name is Bridget. And I'm Colleen. And today, our conversation is with Dr. Suzanne Gilbert-Lenz. She's an OBGYN from Beverly Hills. We got to speak to her at the Wise Paws Conference in September, and it was a wonderful conversation. She works a lot with menopause and mood disorder and the feeling side of menopause. And she actually has a book called Menopause Boot Camp. It was nice to actually get to interview somebody in person. It really (laughs) was. It's amazing. We got to, that that conference was so wonderful. Mm -hmm. We got to do a lot of really great interviews with some specialists and people that are really top notch in their field. And And she, you know, her Menopause Boot Camp book just came out October 11th. So it's Optimize Your Health empower yourself and flourish as you age. And we're noticing a lot of the books are now trending toward not just talking about menopause, but what comes after and healthy aging. And that's really important because, you know, Bridget's already postmenopausal. I am, let's just say about 27 days from being postmenopausal. Everyone just say a little prayer that I don't get my period (laughs) next week. And, you know, it's important to know about healthy aging past that point. Your, Your symptoms don't just disappear they're now affecting overall health, like your cardiovascular health and your bones and all that fun stuff. So it's important to do a 360 picture of women's mm-hmm. health. And in this book, Menopause Boot Camp, Dr. Lenz tries to do that. And we appreciate it. She talks about mood disorders. She talks about medication with mood disorders and the fact that, you know, our mental health can be exacerbated, problems with our mental health can be exacerbated with menopause. So it's all related. It's again, like the perfect storm. And it's so amazing that people don't realize, or I didn't realize this, that that was a symptom of menopause. And so many times you hear, you really only hear about hot flashes. That's the only thing you hear about. Weight gain, hot flashes, and cancer. There's so much involved. And it's so important, too, once you hit that one-year milestone, it's not all going to go away. (laughs) All those things aren't going away. Sorry, sorry, girl. (laughs) One thing's going to go away, your cycle. Mm -hmm. But the other things can continue, and they can continue for a while. And so it's it's great that we have people people out there like Dr. Gilbert Lenz to help us through this part, to just to address the mood disorders, to address things that we can do to have a healthier, happier 30, 40, 50, 50. I'm going to be a hundred. There you go. So, <laughs> I, I just got back from a cruise and there were people there that were probably close to a hundred and they were living their best life. Yes. They were drinking that, I and having those people. fun. I want to be one of that. So, so I want to be yeah. on the love and marriage show when I've been married for 75 yeah. years. There you go. Yes. <laughs> With that being said, we're going to let Dr. Gilbert Lenz take over and talk about the menopause boot camp. Welcome back to Hot Flashes and Cool Topics, guys. We are excited today to have Dr. Suzanne Gilbert-Lenz. And as you know, we are at the Wise Cause event. We are learning so much. And Dr. Lenz just got off the stage. And I wanted to start this 
welcome. Oh, hello. <laughs> Thanks for having Thank me. Thank hard you. Hello. I wanted to kind of start where you just left off. Yeah. You literally just got yeah. off the stage and someone asked you what you thought a fantastic menopause was. Yeah. And I thought that'd be a great way to start. Yeah. Day. I love that question. I mean, and I think I'll, I'll try to recreate part of what I said, but the, the main message for a fantastic menopause is to just like relocate yourself. I think to me, when I'm starting to really realize, especially because I'm talking about it so much, you know, and with my book coming out and everything, I'm like, just in it. That is what it's all about is like rediscovering yourself. A great menopause is actually coming back to yourself and liking what you find. (laughs) You know what I mean? And if you don't like some of what you find, figuring out some ways that you can change that, you know, flipping the script in some ways. I mean, I think a podcast like this and an event like this really offers so many resources to people, but it also, um, it creates community for us, which is what, that's where my book came from actually was because I started doing these menopause boot camps, and I thought people were coming for the information and I think they were, but what they were leaving with was community and not feeling isolated and alone. And I think this idea of being ourselves, us being not only enough, but more than enough and kind of awesome and like being excited about it and, and not accepting the narrative that this is a terrible time. Like that is just, I'm just over it. It's just ridiculous. Right. And, and we, we mm-hmm. can play a role by just refusing to accept it. It's just, you know, at a certain point it's on us because that narrative is not going away apparently. Yes. We're not decrepit. We're not, you know, decrepit. Right. What were the words I use? We're not decrepit. We're not invisible. We're not worthless. Right. Like what? Come on. Yeah. You're not putting us out to pasture anymore. Yes. No. Yeah. And you were talking about your your book. Yeah. Which is. Yeah. Which is the menopause boot camp. The menopause boot camp. And and it covers just so much in the book. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one thing that Colleen and I are so interested in is the mood, your mood. Right. You talk about that. You talk about. Because I. Yes. I did not attribute that. To, you know, because oh, so many, you know, I think what that's we went a huge through, huge issue, and we didn't know what was happening. To no, us. I think yeah. I think actually, and I hear that story over and over and over that people come into that transition having been, I don't want to say misdiagnosed because I think mood disorders are a very important part of perimenopause and menopause, and I, I do want to talk about that, and that's why we spend a significant amount of time in the book talking about it. But I also have seen over and over and over people getting misdiagnosed both with like rheumatologic disorders, fibromyalgia, autoimmune stuff, and just straight up anxiety and depression. When in fact it was a part of a constellation of symptoms that were related to perimenopause and menopause. And when people finally get to that point, if they do, they're really understandably upset because that, that context was not appreciated or honored. And I think that's a huge failing in the system and in the culture. And another reason why this podcast is so important, I think the work that all of us are doing in the community is so important because the education piece of understanding like, like, look, I'm trying to reach people 10, 15 years younger than me. I want people to understand what is coming next so that they're not sidelined, they're not afraid, um, and they're not getting wrong information. We know the people who have had a mood disorder at any significant point in their life, whether they have a long lifelong history of depression or I think postpartum mood disorders are a big sort of a precursor to peripartum or to perimenopausal mood disorders. People need to know like, hey, this could be coming. 
the other thing that happens, and I experienced this, was you start while you're still cycling, you start to get this like crazy PMS, like anxiety, panic. I never really had PMS when I was younger. I mean, I had like, I had panic attacks. Okay. I'm a surgeon. Like it's very hard to scare me. Mm -hmm. I was, I wasn't having it in the OR, thank God, but I definitely was having anxiety and panic attacks and it took me, and I'm an expert. And it took me a while to figure out like, oh, wait, this is where I am in the cycle. This is related. This is my cycle. So, you know, when I have people coming into me on like many, many, many mood meds, maybe they need to be on those mood meds, but they also need to hear that this story is a little bit more than that, you know? And I think that even just hearing that this is part of the transition relieves people of a burden too, because I think they feel like they did something wrong. It, it kind of contributes to the story of being broken um, and hopeless and like, they're heading towards something bad for a yes. lot of people. So a lot of times I'll see it even in someone's, you know, like in their forties, I see it a lot. And I mean, I recognize it now and I'm like, okay, so let me, so your period started this day. So as a run day 10, you start getting really irritable or really down and there's physical changes too, like energy changes. And yes. it's very much linked to people are uh, very attached to the estrogen story and yes, estrogen does decline, but so does progesterone. And so when that balance that we're used to during our menstrual life shifts, we feel different. And so looking at that second half of the cycle for people who are still cycling can be very, very helpful. And there's a lot of things you can do, whether it's actually giving back progesterone. I have some herbal remedies that I like to use and just awareness. For some of my patients, I tell them like, hey, if you're tracking your cycles and you're noticing this and just you knowing, because you're re again, relocating the power within yourself. I'm understanding this about my cycle. I know that I need to take more rest. I know that I need to take a beat before I, you know, scream at you. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah. right? right. right. No. Yeah. Just some, a lot of my patients tell me, uh, oh, I don't need to take anything. I, now I know this is going on. That's cool. Yes. I'll come back when and if I need more. I mean, that just having the information because when you feel like out of control in your own body, that's, scary it is it is, it scary. is scary it's frightening mm -hmm. and you think like you said that there is something terribly wrong with mm -hmm. you yeah like you're going crazy but you think you're yeah, going crazy. something has happened to mm -hmm. me and then you're you're mm -hmm. scared to talk mm -hmm. to someone about mm -hmm. it you're embarrassed to yep. talk to someone about it yep and that is so important to be yeah. able to feel comfortable yeah which you also talk about is is to feel comfortable with your doctor yes as if you were calling your girlfriend and saying hey this is happening to me. Yeah. Is, is this happening to you? But, to, you know, I don't know. I always felt that way. And I feel like this is a gift with age too. The older I get, the more comfortable I am to talk to my doctor. That's amazing. It, it, That's it wonderful. Is, but the yes. problem that we see a lot of times is the doctors simply aren't educated. And no, they're not. Right. They should be. They're not. To answer your questions. They're not. So women are slowly, you know, we have this perfect storm. Yeah. We have family, you know, you might be taking care of elderly parents. Right. Teenagers right. are getting older you might be going through empty nest you might be changing in your marriage or career right. so you're attributing all of these right. things right. to the mental health aspect right. when it can be exacerbated or created from 100 the hormones because all these things are real and i tell people all the time look i i don't i don't have a crystal ball and i can't tell you exactly what it is i can tell you these things are all contributing however there is definitely a component that's inside the house. <laughs> you know, it's coming from inside the house. Like that's, if nothing else, it's making it harder to handle these things. 
And um, I think just naming it is really important, you know, because that loneliness, that isolation is, oh, it's literally the worst thing you could do about anything. Right. You know, the isolation is never the, the answer for anybody. It really, it really isn't. And that's a whole thing too, like shame. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And so many women just simply don't know where to go or right. what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. And right. so something like your book, Menopause Bootcamp, yeah. that's coming out is a great resource. It is. Yeah. And I have, I, I talk a lot about like how to advocate for yourself, what kind of questions to ask yourself before you go to the doctor. I mean, definitely you want to be able to have a conversation with your, your physician, but you got to ask yourself too, what are your priorities? Like, this is not about their priorities. Right. It's not about my priorities, it's about your priorities. Because again, this is not a disease. So what are the things that are affecting you? What are you hoping for in your life right now? And then finding somebody to partner with. I mean, that's like the magical thing. And it's awesome that you have that person. A lot of us that don't have that right. person. A lot of us have a, actually a doctor that does really care and has, you know, needs to see 40 people today. And so they do not, they're not asking the question because they don't have the time to address the answer. And, you know, I, I like, I don't want to, my, my colleagues are really, struggling themselves with mental health issues and distress and burnout and not having the tools or the time to care for our patients the way we feel like you deserve. But we're going to have to all take some accountability and responsibility here. And if your doctor, and if you have like insurance that, you know, doesn't allow you to have a longer term conversation, then you do have to have these other resources. And that's why the conversation that's happening, I think online is so, so important. And I, that's why I wrote the book because I can't, I can't even have that conversation with my patients in the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You just have to go, you know, you've got I mean, a lot of with companies that I don't know, own or tell you what you have to do. No, we own our yeah. practice, but, oh, I mean, okay. I mean, but I can only look like, I can't take three hours. With right. You. Exactly. Yeah. Like, what I really want to do. Yeah. So you got, now you have 300 pages. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. How about it? <laughs> yes, you know yeah. You talk about the feeling side of menopause. And one of the things that you talk about is your energy output and input. Yeah. And how you really don't focus on that, but it's a balancing act. Can you yes. talk about that? Yeah. I mean, I think, and it's, I don't know if you were upstairs and I did the demonstration with them. We were down the breath work. <laughs> but I, I, one of the things that I, I actually think, you know, we see all the time, like, what are the things, the five things you can do? And, and I said, you know what? I would like you guys to stop doing things, actually. <laughs> I would like you to, I'm going to ask you to stop. And I'm going to ask you to take some time. Because we, and specifically the way we are acculturated is to constantly be giving. And look what I do for a living, for God's sake. I mean, to me, it energizes me in many ways. But like, I literally, my whole focus has been outside of myself for my entire life, okay? I'm, I'm certainly not alone in that. And you cannot, like, look, your phone, this computer is going to die if you do not recharge it. Yes, yes. Like, your podcast is done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everything in here. We're, yeah, you have charge, charge, charge. Yes. Wall, and we're not doing it for ourselves. So we have to stop. My big thing right now is stopping because I need to do that for myself too. I, usually what I talk about with people is what I need to do for myself. <laughs> I don't know, it's, it's working out pretty well. Because well, we're all close in the age and we're yeah. all kind of going through yeah. similar experiences. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it's relatable. Yeah. So I did a I did a breathing technique with with uh, the group upstairs. You actually it was box yeah. breathing. I yeah, I did the box oh, yeah. breathing, which is you know I mean everybody has a different version of sort of what I it comes from pranayama, which is part of Ayurveda, which is where my training in, initiated, um, and it's just a very simple breathing technique to 
literally stop the moment you're in and you are actually giving yourself something. You are giving yourself time, space, and oxygen. So what you do is you breathe in for a certain count. I usually start with four. You hold it for four. You exhale for four. You hold it for four. And you try to repeat that as many times as you can, okay? I mean, even if you do it three times, it will have a significant benefit. And then you can try to start holding your breath for longer. And what you're doing is bringing your blood pressure down. You're bringing your heart rate down. Your oxygen consumption gets more effective. It is giving you time, space, and the gift of oxygen. Like that, I I actually think that recharge, and that is literal input so that you have the energy to output whatever it is that you think you need or want to do. That kind of associates your re you talk about re-examining your relationship with time. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think any of us think about a relationship yeah. with time. Yeah. And if we did, it probably would be a little overwhelming to think about. Can you talk about that? Well, I think, I mean, I, I suffer from the same thing, which is that I'm not even being present, right? Because I'm thinking about the 50 things that are on my to-do list that I need to get done and do I have the time to do it or not, you know? So I think a lot of, uh, we do a lot of dissociating. And I think that uh, that a lot of times d- does define our, our relationship with time where we're not actually in the time that we're in, which is the only time that we have. I mean, this is where I get kind of philosophical and heady. But the, but the reality is that actually what that is, is just, again, locating yourself within yourself. You're being in your existence, in your body. I mean, this may seem like a weird analogy, but I had this really interesting experience maybe two weeks ago where I, my trainer was out of town and he had given me like a workout that I could do at home. Now, my, my partner, my boyfriend is a 35-year fitness pro, right? He's a trainer. <laughs> He's not my trainer. Because we don't mix, and that's why, yeah, that's why you're still, why we're still together, yes. right, right? So I'm doing I'm doing this lunge. Okay, you know where you like a walking lunge. Yeah, I hate this. Oh, so yeah. I'm barreling through it. I'm doing it down the hall. He's like in the other room, you know, training a client on Zoom, and he comes in and he's like, "What, what are you What are you doing?" <laughs> and I was like, "I hate this lunge thing." And he said, "Do you understand? It's a single leg squat. It's what you're doing." And I was like, "What?" The point of this story is that I was so focused on just getting it done to get to the next thing that I didn't even think about what I'm doing a workout for me, for my body. And I'm not even thinking about what that workout is, why I'm doing it. It completely changed my relationship with the workout, with that moment, with my body, which is why he's such an amazing trainer. No, seriously, because yeah. it's it's all about like you are in this body. Be in your body. That's a lot of I think our problem with time too. We're out there. Yes. Yes. We're not here. And these are lessons that I would hate for people to have to wait to get to 56 to learn. <laughs> so I hope some younger folks will well, hear that. You have talked about some herbal remedies yes. upstairs. Can you talk yeah. a little bit about that? Yeah. So I'm a big fan of, of botanicals and herbs for a million different reasons. And the one thing I do want to say is, you know, it's not just like all herbs are great or nature is better. Like you got to be really careful. There's a lot of poison out there. There's a lot of companies that are not doing good, that are not being honest. And it's super important to work with somebody who really is trained and can help you understand what herbs are safe for you, given your circumstances, your medical history, any other meds you're on, and then also point you in the direction of companies that have high integrity, because there are a lot of great companies out there and there are a lot of really shoddy ones. They are regulated 
in a very different way than the FDA regulates. Um, and I'm, you know, look, the FDA is what we have. I'm on the record for saying, like, I have some big issues with the FDA, but the FDA is more rigorous in its um, assessment, sometimes overly rigorous <laughs> uh, in a very misogynist way. That's another podcast. Okay, yes. so having said that, and that's, uh, that's an important disclaimer because I don't want people just to, like, go on Amazon and be like, beep, beep, boop, and now they're, right. you know, they have liver toxicity. Like, <laughs> no, I don't, that's not what I'm aiming for. So I think having said, talked about liver toxicity, I think black cohosh actually, specifically Remy Femin, is fantastic. It has gotten a bad name, and I think that is sad because... The Germans are really good at working with herbs and they have definitely studied and, and shown that this herb can be very helpful for hot flashes specifically. I love pycnogenol. That is French marine pine bark. Also really can be nice for hot flashes and for overall just sort of downregulating the stress response that people get. Um, relizin, which is actually from bee pollen. Some of the isoflavones that are, like, people get really freaked out about soy, but the reality is that there are some good benefits there for some people. I mean, these are some of the, the top ones for the sort of the big picture items. You know, there's a lot of other stuff. I, I'm, look, I love the, what we call adaptogens, ashwagandha, rhodiola. I think this is where you start getting into the deep, deeper dive. And I'm not a humongous fan of cherry picking I, because like, for instance, with ashwagandha, this is an Ayurvedic herb. Ayurveda doesn't use herbs the way we do in Western medicine. It's a part of a protocol that is a more of a lifestyle, seasonal approach. And so I want to be careful to be respectful of those, those paradigms and those more, those more holistic approaches. And I think working with a, um, with a really educated practitioner can be helpful in that way and benefit people in making those kinds of choices. But I do discuss uh, pretty in depth some of my top choices and why I like those and what the research is and is not in the book. And I think, I think it's a helpful guide for people. No, it definitely was. Yeah. Bridget and I have both taken a look at it and, and it, it, you, the, beginning of the book you, you explain what menopause is right. and your hormones so it's it's definitely a full 360 yeah. of yeah of options for good women, I'm, glad, I'm, glad yeah. you, I'm glad you felt that way I mean, yeah that's what I we get so many questions from our listeners that are personal for each person you know individualized yeah. Yeah, 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 and so yeah. we can't just give a blanket no, statement no when nor women, can i Right. right. So yeah. we highly suggest if you don't feel like your doctor is answering your questions, find another doctor. Yeah. And I think as we get older, we're a little more confident in that. Before yeah. we almost didn't want to hurt their feelings. Right. 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 And now we're like, okay, I respect that, but I'm going to look a little further because it's yeah. my health and it's my body. Yeah. A hundred percent. And that's a very hard thing to do. And I mean, I think one of the, one of the things that I've learned in medicine, and I, I started doing this very early on, actually, was just being humble about stuff. Like I didn't know you don't come out of your training knowing everything. My God, that's why they call it the practice of medicine. And a lot of this stuff that actually wound up in the book came to me from patients because people came to me and said, this is going on. And I said, I don't, I don't know what to do about that. Let's check it out. I'm going to do some reading and I'll get back to you. And that is how I was introduced to integrative medicine, to be honest. I mean, like, so this is a dialogue that we're having. Um, I, you know, I routinely refer to other practitioners who know more about other areas than I do. I collaborate with people a lot. And the person I'm collaborating the most with is the patient because the patient is the person who knows their body. They know their experience. I have the expertise. I can sort of 
run through the science with them. I know after 20 plus years, what I've seen work repetitively with people, what I haven't seen work. But again, this is not like, this is not cancer. This is not a heart attack. This is a natural state of being. Let's figure out what is your priority right now? What's the most disruptive thing? What's your goal? And that, cause that's going to keep changing probably. And we'll keep working together. I mean, that that's, it's not that complicated. What's hard is for people to dial back their own ego, I think. And, and also like, look, let's be honest. I mean, if you're going to one doctor for 30 years, you know, they may not really be that interested in this part. They're more interested in that part. That's okay. That's legit. Everybody's not good at everything. And that's why a lot lot of times I wish they had, you know, we'll go to an OBGYN and I wish there was just a gynecologist. Well, some of us are. (laughs) It's it's hard to find because, you know, the OB, I understand it's a business. Yeah. But it'd be great if you could just have the gynecologist that isn't delivering, you know, is running late because they're delivering a baby. Well, that, and that is, I think it's interesting because when I first started training, that was pretty classic. Like people would retire from delivering babies at a certain point in their career and focus on gynecology. And then I think as the business of medicine changed, it became very hard to do that. Um, But I'm seeing a shift back toward that. And I think it's just a matter of people knowing where the resources are. So, you know, going to things like the North American Menopause Society Physician Locator can be very helpful um, to look at, like, who's really this, like, concentrating on this and knowledgeable about this. Um, And I I do, I think it's changing. But in general, we don't have enough healthcare providers in general. That's right. Yeah. I mean, a lot of women don't even have a gynecologist. Yeah. Or you know, right. they have to go to a primary going, care oh, physician. Oh, yeah, which is really, yeah. sorry, I, I made that face. I mean, <laughs> because I think some of them, really, look, I'm in a community here. I'm in Los Angeles. It's a big city. People have referrals. But even, even here, you would be shocked by the stories I hear every single day from colleagues of mine in this community that is so sophisticated and so resourced with patients that are resourced. Like, I'm like, what? are you kidding me that this person at UCLA said that to you, this 32 year old, like what in the hell? Like right. that's just not even accurate. But then I have every day, some 32 year old, I'm sorry, 32 year olds, you know, who referred to <laughs> me and was like, I don't, 32. I love 32 year olds. <laughs> I was a 32 year old. But I didn't, I think as I had more humility when I was 32, I also have a lot of patients who are coming to me saying that their primary doc is like, Hey man, this is not what I do. You should go see her. Mm-hmm. So there is collaboration. The other thing that's been really great about COVID is telemedicine. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So you can, I mean, there are state by state rules, but you can find somebody online. I mean, I still want to be able to examine you, but there's a lot that we can do on the phone. And then you can bring that back to your doc in person or, you know, we can figure stuff out. Yes. Yes. I mean, that was a big yeah. thing because I think about the rural women in rural areas yeah. without access. Yeah. And that is one thing that it did bring. Or people who don't have insurance. Right. Right. That won't cover it won't cover what no. you really are needing. Uh-huh. Yes. Yeah. So that yeah. is really So amazing. where can people find the book? Is it everywhere out yet? <laughs> October 11th, it will be everywhere. It will be okay. widely available in your booksellers online for sure. All the online booksellers. I mean, obviously Amazon. Can excited. you share your website with yes. everyone? So I think the easiest thing to do to find me on the socials and the, and the pre-order link is www.thedrsuzanne.com. Great. Okay. Yeah. Dr. Suzanne Gilbert Lenz, thank you so much for coming on. Oh, thanks for having thank me. Thank you so this much. Was amazing. This is great. 
Thank you so much, Dr. Gilbert Glenz, for sharing your information, your new book, The Menopause Boot Camp, for letting women know they're not crazy, they are not developing Alzheimer's, that our mental health is an aspect that is affected by menopause, just like our physical health. And you discuss so many aspects of menopause in your book, and we thank you for that. We hope you guys enjoyed this conversation. Make sure to be following us on all forms of social media. That includes TikTok, because we're there, if you can believe it. <laughs> but our Facebook group online is great. It's a private group for just women where we talk about anything, and I do mean anything, right. and everything. Feel free to ask. Feel free to ask. If we don't know, we will find somebody like Dr. Suzanne Gilbert-Lenz <laughs> who can help us with that. We will find the experts to help with the answers. Absolutely. And in this menopause awareness month, it's even more important to spread the knowledge. So if you learned something important, next time you're having coffee with your friends, share it with them because, you know, I'm, I'm guessing they probably didn't know about it and they would appreciate it. With that, have a great week, guys. We will talk to you next time. Bye.